following battles of falls count anywhere battling bronx style brawl for all discussion with the loser leaves town stipulation seeing reverse rail and robbie curiously because what the fuck is going on against the world and on this episode we'll be covering wrestling themes the nostalgia dilemma continued our fave best emotional moments and cash shit because this this is the cash shit podcast so let's go ahead and dive right in what's going on today with you reverse rail um i'm doing great um Considering I watched Raw live, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. Surprisingly, that can take an emotional toll. If anything, <laughs> it, if nothing else can, that can take an emotional toll. It took something. Whew. Uh, but not what you know. It's funny. A friend of ours recently said that uh, Raw isn't must see these days, and um, I have to agree. It certainly isn't must see. Um. It it, it 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 isn't even do you want to see like I don't know what to call it it's given you can very much just read a recap and watch some YouTube Twitter clips and keep it trucking I feel like uh, it's funny because this kind of ties into a discussion we had earlier today but I do I almost feel like um the highlights and must see of Raw has pretty much just transitioned to the myriad of pay-per-views that exist now. Mm-hmm. So the pay-per-views are like a jazzed up, you know, raw or SmackDown. And, um, they really don't fill the void. That was the, the previous, you know, iterations of pay-per-views, like the big feel, the big fight feel and the big four. And, uh, so it just feels like by the time we get to, um, you know, one of the pay-per-views, especially since the sets really don't change anymore, um, themes aren't really driven home as hard or consistently. Those feel like, you know, super raws or super cards, at, you know, at best, but they've kind of replaced, like, the urgency that once used to be on a Monday Night Raw. You know, and there's also, talking about the sets and everything, there's also something to be said about the pay-per-views not having an identity to themselves anymore because... It's it's just the same look and same feel. It's literally just a three hour raw without a commercial. And I also want to be fair and not tie SmackDown in second. SmackDown is damn good. Um, yeah, it, it is kind hitting. of crazy. Uh, but Raw, I don't see how Raw and SmackDown are produced by the same people. I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand why Raw needs to be three hours. <sighs> I don't do anything in my life consistently straight through for three, <laughs> three solid hours. Like, I, even when I was, like, in corporate America, hardcore, like, I didn't work three hours straight in, in corporate America. Like, that's, not what, that's not what happened at all. Like, you know, I, I, could, I could create the illusion that I was working um, for that long. But, but like, any, like, three hours of anything straight, I don't know. I don't enjoy anything that much. Um, and let alone when when so much of it is filler, like that's the bigger thing. Like a movie, like a movie is contiguous. Like there's there's a flow. There's you know your intro. There's your rising action. There's your climax. There's your close. Like there's it's like a, there's a structure. There's a body um, to those kind of things. Raw doesn't follow that template at all. Um. Well, the the standard, not even the standard. The literal answer is ad dollars, but that ain't got nothing to do with us we still gotta sit here for three hours and do this nonsense y'all y'all are shoving down our throats and you know 
I, I kind of like hate watch now. It, yeah. I think that's what I do. It's just like because I'm astonished at like how stupid a lot of this stuff is. I just I, I don't and, know. And, and a quick pause I, for for our listeners, for all six of you, um, when this does nah. debut. Um, I want to make sure that you guys know these are going to be some you're going to have a few capsule episodes to live through where we're just going to probably just discuss wrestling in general and we'll try to avoid like dating it by dating the content. So we'll probably talk in really general terms um, when it comes to where the product is um, anywhere between, you know, the latter end of 2020 and then beginning 2021. So just just a frame of reference for those out there that will be putting an ear to this um, that will probably pay to do so. Um, it's just <laughs> FYI, we'll be kind of rambling about wrestling as a whole. And, uh, and then as we kind of get more of a cadence, we'll talk about things, uh, that are kind of, you know, hitting the radar right now. Um, so yeah. So with that being said, back to raw, um, and back to, and I'll bridge this to a different discussion, but before I do that, um, back to raw, uh, you know, in the era, in the pandemic era, um, <laughs> the, mm. the pan era, uh, <laughs> Gosh. The women uh, have been a consistent highlight for me um, throughout. And what's even crazier about that is, though, everyone will learn and come to know, and as you already know, I'm a huge fan of women's wrestling. Like, that's my heartbeat. But um, they've been a consistent highlight, and without even really having great stories. they You know, just their, their sheer presence and their willingness to kind of commit to what's being thrown in front of them. I mean, we kicked off the panty um, with a with a really odd WrestleMania. Um, we uh, and then we followed that up with like Charlotte was on tour. Um, you know, uh, Becky 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 Lynch was uh, was going to be a mom. Um, you know, Money in the Bank had just happened. Uh, Sasha and Bailey were on a tear. Um, you know, so it was, it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, peaks and uh, typically surrounding the four horse women of professional wrestling and Oscar. Um, but we've even seen some re-debuts since then. Some, I guess we don't know if we can call them call-ups or call-overs now because now everybody's supposed to be equal. Um, but you know, with Bianca coming over and, and things of that nature, uh, Carmela, Carmela re-debuting, um, as a sassy Jersey housewife, um, yeah, like we, the, the women have been a constant mainstay. The tag team titles, they're there. Um, we have seen some really odd things like the Iconics being broken up for no apparent reason. And to date, um, they've both been in mixed tag teams, but not the tag team that they were in that was over. Um, so, yeah, the women, if nothing else, have been an extreme highlight, specific, specifically of, of Raw, because Raw is so abysmal at times. Uh, gosh, what can I even say? Um, yeah, you hit on a lot there, and I agree with all of it, really. The women have carried the pan era. Um, Charlotte began it with showing everyone how they should be working with no crowd. Um, and I say that because she was the first person in a match who got it, who didn't play to the non-existent crowd. If you If you go back and watch the shows leading into WrestleMania, everyone was still pretending there was a crowd there. Um, and it, it was just awkward. It was weird. And it just was a constant reminder that there was no crowd there. Charlotte and Rhea worked a match where they were focused on each other and into the camera. So um, I also believe uh, they came on first, I believe, but 
Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I'll give them their credit. They did that as well at WrestleMania. But the women have been carrying the pan era, and I'm going to make a statement here that might surprise a few people who, you know, know me outside of the podcast. Um, Sasha and Bailey really carried WWE throughout 2020, in my opinion. Um, and that, that that's high praise from me, considering Sasha is a part of this conversation. Um <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I've, I've softened up on her. You know, me and Sasha have a love hate relationship. Um, she doesn't know that, but I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Sasha and Bailey definitely carried carried through. I was all the way clocked in to to their story. I was waiting for the turn. Um, it would have made sense for either one to turn, and Bailey was the one who ended up doing it. Bailey's been hitting on all cylinders with this crazy, crazy act. The ding dong is great. Um, yeah, Bianca's here now. It's awesome. Broke that fourth wall too. Bailey broke that fourth wall in terms of like the the pandemic itself, in terms of the regional mm-hmm. crowd, because her um, early pandemic uh, back and forth with Michael Cole, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yep. like I know, um, I know a lot of wrestlers have like their their idols and their faves and people that they kind of want to model and and pattern their careers after. And um, and we know for them too, specifically, you know, uh, Eddie Guerrero and Macho Man are like literally um, their faves. But the way that Bailey has kind of done it has like. Because Macho Man was zany. Like, Macho Man was, like, kooky. She's found her own kook. Like, she's taken, like, you know, him as the template to some degree. But she's kind of found her own way and her own niche in that and her own way of doing that macho madness kind of a thing. And it's endearing as as all hell, man. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have seen the hugger, like, doing any of... Like, this has, this has been... This has been a good time with Bailey, man. I can't, I can't deny that. And Sasha just like the the complaint that most people had have for her in ring um, is is kind of null at this point. She slowed her pace. Um, queen of transitions between her and Oscar, Jesus Christ, queen of transitions, um, and it's just there. It's just there now. The confidence is there. Um, the mic game has stepped up. Um, there's still sometimes that it's it's brighter than others, but it's it's fairly consistent. I but can't man, stand to hear her talk. I'm sorry. It, it sounds like she's doing concrete, but um, we love her, and it's uh and you can see, especially after like the Mandalorian uh, guest spot, like you know she's she's trying. You see the development, you see the uh, progression, um, and and it will get there. There, you know, but it's really weird because the women that are good on the mic aren't necessarily the women that are great in the ring. It's very few total packages and the ones arguably that I'd say are nearest that are in, are in NXT. It's gonna be your NXT girls for sure. Uh they're gonna be they're gonna be your your total your, yeah your closest to total packages because they I mean they just I, I can go on about NXT devil visit video. Right. We all could um I wanna step back to Bailey for a second because you said something about her um interaction with Michael Cole and Bailey was so smart with that. I, I think the only other person who was doing something like this was Big E for a while. But since there's no audience, Bailey interacted with the only other people 
that were out there. And it just made it fresh. Every time she came out, it was something different. Her interacting with Michael Cohen and commentators, it's because they're the only other people there. They're the only people that are to interact with. There are no fans to do that with. So I thought that was brilliant on her her part. Um, as far as Sasha, you know, I, I've, like I said, loved hate. She, a lot of times, wrestled really selfish. Um... But I have not seen that in 2020 and beyond. I, I have, I, I will give, you know, I'm, I, I am very opinionated. I will, I have no problem stating something that I know is not going to be popular opinion. I do not care. It is my opinion, but I'm also the first to admit when something has either changed or I was wrong. Two instances of that is one, I, I've softened up on Sasha. I've changed on Sasha, I, I enjoy her right now. Um, the other is, I'm not going to say I was completely wrong because the full package wasn't there yet, so I wasn't on board, but it is there now. I am clocked in. I am on board, Miss Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. I am here, baby. I am here <laughs> yeah. for that black queen. I, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, she is... Um... As well, it was something about the uh, the Cole and Bailey um, interactions as well. Because the thing about it was the reality of it was before we had the Thunderdome, they were the only people in the arena talking. So of right. course, you hear them. You know what I'm saying? So I loved it. It was just like um, a pleasant break of K-pop. You know, like a pleasant break of like we can hear them too. And I, and I'm because I can hear them, I'm going to play this thing up because I know you guys know that I can hear them as well. Um, yeah, Bianca is one. That early on, you know, as it was cooking, the ingredients were there. It's just sometimes you got to sit things on the back of the stove and uh, and let that thing simmer. And, um, and and you see that it's fully cooking, and, and it's we we on the way right now. We trucking that that promo is coming. Finding her, I think it's more so just finding her style of promo um, with her gimmick being you know so down you know so down to earth, round away girl. You know, I think it's a matter of just honing in on what that sounds like in a promo. Um, and I think that she'll get there. Definitely. Another one, another bright spot for me. And you, you know, that this is a bright, she's a bright spot for me. And I've been mentioning her for a while. And I know I you know where you're going. This, I this know where you're going. You jumped on early. Like you, like you, you saw it, you know, right after I saw it, you were like, Oh yeah, yeah. That girl is it right there. I think it was probably the same show. You just watched it later. And mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, that damn Raquel Diaz. Baby. Yep. Woo, they got a problem on their hands with that one. They got a that's that's a that's a that's a, a hoss right there. That's like a that's something Jeez. like in the nineties yeah. you put your whole company on, on her back and let her <laughs> like that's diesel. That's like literally she she's the one. Um and she is not even halfway to where she is going to be when she's done with like NXT or just fully developed. She she has developed so fast and so well. It is it's crazy. It is crazy to see like how much she's progressed in a few short months. She's the one. <laughs> they need yeah, to take yeah, care of her. Classic, right? Meg Young Classic. And was she was there indie experience before Meg Young Classic, or was that like is she an NXT homegrown or no? I'm gonna be honest. I do not know the answer to that. Um, the first, I didn't watch any of the May Young Classic. I'm sorry. 
I didn't watch any of the Mae Young classic, so I did not see her until she got to NXT TV, and she wasn't doing much. But, you know, the little she was doing was like, oh, it's competent, that's good, but she has a tremendous look, so they need to make sure they polish that up, and baby, polish they did. <laughs> that's a right there. That's like a... Woo. Uh, old school, like wingtip spit shine on that day, because I mean, just the it's 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 crazy because I guess for so long we didn't believe like it could be done. I guess to some degree, um, we were just trying to get the women to like a functional match. You know, like we were, we were. Right. I think especially on Maine, especially during you know and around and after the ruthless aggression era, um, the diva search era. I think it was just like let's get through a match that has a couple of moves and makes some sense. You know, like let's get there and you know Natty and Beth held it down where they could. Um, you know, Mickey in some spots, Melina in some spots, McCool, Laycool in general. Um, you know, they, they, they got as, as up to speed as they could in, in that matter of time. But, um, and that's not to detract from any of them, but I think for those of us that just knew what it could be, it was always like, you know, like let's string together something. And I think because the bar was so low at that point, we were happy to just see like some kind of a progression. And I don't think that at that point we were looking as deeply into the bag as they've gotten at this point, like, you're watching, I think it was, it was a match. I forget who Charlotte may have fought, but it was around that time. And it may not have even been Charlotte, but it was around the time that Charlotte and Austin Hug and the Golden Road Models were, were going to NXT. And I forget who it was, but I really want to believe it was Charlotte on NXT fighting someone. And I can't remember who it was at the moment, but I transcended. I was not thinking about their gender. I was not thinking about, um, the hopes that I had, I was not uh, watching it from that very like, uh, you know, conscious place in that precarious place of like, oh my God, I hope they just get through this match without a botch. Like, I hope mm-hmm. they just, you know, make this thing solid. I hope that I was able to like put away like the concern, the booker in my head, the fantasy booker in my head and just fall into the match and be absorbed into the match. And it felt like I was watching superstars. It was it, the the gender wasn't a thing anymore, um, and 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 them like how even now they close out you know raw you know SmackDown or Raw it's not even a question anymore it's not even like oh this was the first or you know like oh you know they were going through all those firsts at one point in time it's not even that anymore it's not even like you know I hope that they earn this spot I hope that they don't let anyone down in this spot like it's now I can just literally submerge myself into the product at that point and really enjoy um characters uh, that have become my favorites going going to battle and i and i have no reservations um about it and it's just it was such a good place to be in with women's wrestling and it's and it's not let down even the trickle down now like you just see improvement on people like dana brooke you know on people like mandy on people that like you're like, okay, they're there. You know, they're filling out the roster. It's full. You know, we can have a World Rumble now. But, like, now these girls are really finding their 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 spots. It's crazy. How Mandy Rose has one of the best knees in the business, I do not know. How did that happen? How did we get here? How is Dana, just like, uh, like this, and not that she's been there forever, 
But to have been so overlooked, to be this deep into her career, like she's kind of like the Alicia Fox of now. <laughs> like, <she's just> <laughs> and but she's deciding at, at in this in the second or third quarter of her career to say, you know what, I still got room for improvement. That rolling neck breaker, um, you know, her moonsault is always not moonsault, but her her handspring has always been pretty cute. But like, even that's got like an extra snap to it now. Like you can just tell that like the constant. Um, you know, bookings on Mondays, she's getting her confidence, she's getting her stride, and that's translating into what she's able to offer in the ring, and it makes her somebody that's that you don't mind watching. I, I'm i just very happy when it comes to Dana Brooke. Whoever told her to stop doing that damn swanton bomb, that cement drop that I like to call it, I'm glad she stopped. She does not need to do it. It's just, it's not cute. It's It does not look good. It it literally looks like a cement block just dropping. It's just like there's no finesse to it at all. I mean, especially when you still got Jeff Hardy around doing the shit. It's just yeah, no. But uh, other than that, she's she's. I'm not offended by Dana Brooke anymore. I can sit through a Dana Brooke uh, match, especially in a tag team. So you know. Sexy yeah, muscle we, friends. Oh, Yay. God. Sexy <laughs> muscle friends. Which is even more reason that we shouldn't be breaking up tag teams. Um, it's, tag teams have always been a way to, um, you know, allow people to mature in the ring, to hide their flaws until they're there, um, to lean on the strengths of one another. Uh, it's, it's always a good idea. And I don't know what the, um, the crusade against tag teams was last year. But Ugh. dear God, like we were breaking up teams just because we could. I don't. I'm I am still confusion on. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Now, I will say that while I hate the iconist breakup, Billy K, Billy K, Billy yeah. K, yeah, baby girl, <laughs> she is pure entertainment. I don't ever need to see her wrestle again. I don't care. She is a personality. Yeah. And it is wonderful. She is, so, ugh, I literally laugh, like, belly laughs when she is on screen. And we've, we saw glimpses of that, like, and, you know, uh, WWE.com interviews, Twitter stuff where, you know, the, hey, Kayla, and, you know, you, you got to be joking and all that extra me. stuff. Right. You know, did you go to journalism for that? You know, it's, <laughs> There were always those 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 moments where you know she she's entertaining, but now she has she's just full full speed ahead, and I just oh man, I love Billy Kay, yeah, I, I love Billy yeah. Kay so much there, and I mean Apple, I mean like what is it turning uh lemons to lemonade on that one, man? It's just mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch, and it's 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 good they let her bring um all the WWE dot com stuff and all the um the talking smack stuff to the screen um, yep. because that's where her strength is. And, and, and on the off chance that in the background of this, she's improving in the ring even better. But I mean, um, there's so much, it's, it's enough star power there to, to salvage, even if she never did, you know, it's, 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 enough, it's, it's funny it's how when there. it's funny how, when they are allowed to bring their own, personalities onto TV, how great it is and how over it gets, isn't it? It's just yeah, amazing. Wow. Right? I've, yeah, uh, who, who'd ever, who'd ever thought. Right. Now the thing about, a uh, thing about her current uh, run is if she doesn't 
end up back with Peyton, it's weird. Because everything, it's just been her trying on different partners, right? So, like, if that doesn't lead her back to to her partner, um, it's kind of weird for me. Because Peyton is, Peyton and Lacey are, like, kind of a tag team, but kind of not. It's just like, what? What are we doing? Like, <sighs> Yeah, and it doesn't help that we're doing the, like, now, I will say this, and I don't know if it's a matter of like the talent shortage, which is a whole other discussion and issue whenever you fly people in a pandemic. Um, but the like everybody being in multiple feuds is also kind of weird. Yeah, um, like how how are the, there are two people in a tag team, Charlotte and um, Peyton? Oh no, sorry, Charlotte and Lacey, who are involved in a storyline with each other while their supposed tag team partners have nothing to do with said storyline or the other partner. Like, Charlotte and Lacey are in a feud that Asuka and Peyton have zero to do with. I can't, like, what? <laughs> like, how does that work? One of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Um, I can't quite say that I enjoy it. Um, it is very strange um, that, that we have this many feuds going on while the, I mean, it's, it's kind of a catch-20 because the women's roster is not as dense. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of like we could be doing different things because like they don't have to be in the feuds that they're in. So, or they could be feuding like as teams. It's, I mean, it's just very, it's very strange. It's very, very strange. Um, and then some of the feuds that should have continued didn't like, like I feel like Nikki Cross and Alexa got cut short way too way too soon and if uh she's this derivative of the fiend embrace character then she should have the same impact on anyone she faces that they're changed after so we could have gone from you know you co-host nikki cross uh back to crazy nikki cross you know right. back to when she was um in, in her um the fashion insanity. We can get that version of her back, and um that would be more of a you know more of a a challenge for this iteration of Alexa Bliss, Twisted Bliss, Miss Bliss, whatever. <laughs> All the blisses. <laughs> you know what I'm calling her, little bitch Bliss. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when she turns into, I'm just gonna assume that they're gonna eventually say she's being possessed by Sister Abigail and she's turning into Sister Abigail, but um. I'm 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 respectfully little bitch bliss. Um, well, if this if the you know if it is a possession, which you know I think they're leaning towards that, then I guess sister bliss. Sister bliss is a uh, you know is, okay, is, little sis bliss. Sister bliss, <laughs> the good sis. Um, and, and everything about that is just literally top tier, amazing. Um. But where's my sister's Emmy? Where's my sister's Emmy? I'm sorry. Where's her Emmy? She is acting. Yes. She's been cutting. She is acting. And here's the beauty. And, you know, we always have this discussion about uh, character. And, um, and, you know, a lot of the current product right now these days is driven by in-ring work, especially when contrasted against the past. 
But we talk about character and the vehicle that character is and where it allows you to suspend things. Like we know Asuka is one of the best strikers in the world when it comes to women's wrestling. But now we get mm-hmm. to get lost in the idea that this character is invulnerable. Because we know Alexa Bliss isn't invulnerable. But now we get to right. get lost in this moment where it's like, oh, no, what's Asuka going to do now? Because, like, you know, it allows you to be absorbed in that. So now that we have this character, let's, you know, let's flesh this thing out. But if we take it how we've taken Bray and have taken The Fiend, where, you know, once she comes into contact with you, you're changed in some way. Then it brings along the ability for us to kind of reinvigorate the rest of the roster the the, the half that needs it in some way like hey maybe this version of alexa runs into mickey james they used to run around together and mickey's just like girl i don't know what's gotten into you that you know this that and the other you know and now they had they're they're in a few and out of that maybe maybe we get maybe mickey goes back to the kooky mickey that was you know in the feud with trish stratus you know maybe we get that version of her back you know, it's enough women on the roster for us to kind of run through a couple of options and and have these encounters that then help develop foils for those characters. Because everyone Bray touched, it they turned in some way, and it only served to either elevate or redirect um, their booking, and and not in a way that was bad. Everybody that he's encountered that had that 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 change, they've been for the better. Oddly enough, you know, it's been like, okay, this, this, you know, Miz got back to being like the acerbic asshole we know Miz to be. Um, that is a delight. Um, we got um, Daniel Bryan back. We got um, this darker version of Randy Orton, this now uh, barbecued version of Randy Orton. Um, <laughs> the three most dangerous letters in professional wrestling, BBQ. Dad joke. Um, but, oh my god! No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it's just it, it's the it's the campiness. It's the it's the adventure. It's the suspended um, reality that we grew up on, and that and that we go to wrestling to willfully surrender. Like, hey, entertain me. I don't get. I don't care how crazy you guys want to get. Let's go there. Like Randy Orton literally has like. Uh, you know, the face of a, um, a retiree in Miami right now that overtans and it's just delightful. Like it is literally yeah. hilarious, you know, like it is, it is a good time. And that's what, that's the thing I feel like wrestling has been missing and we're kind of getting it in pockets, um, which is why I think they mismanage a lot of it because it isn't concurrent across the, across the brand on raw. Um, but where it is, where it is there, those are your bright spots. You know, like Raw tonight was a standard shit show. Um, but closing with Alexa Gibb eating the RKO, <laughs> not bad. That that was a that was a serious cutter too. That, um, <laughs> yeah. So someone on um, Twitter said that I think it was Mills who who said that ran. She's so short that he didn't have to get any like hang time. It was just like he grabbed her and like drove her down into this cutter, and it looks tremendous and at this point Randy Orton is a serial woman abuser because <laughs> um has he RKO'd uh, Beth Phoenix and elect and Sister Bliss and within a calendar year? Yes. It's it started with Stacy Keebler. Then uh, I I mean it's just like Nia Jax got it at the Rumble, yeah. Like uh, do we need to have a conversation with a serial arsonist, a serial woman beater? I mean, 
Damn, Randy. What, what, and and it, also to go back to what we're saying about the pan era and got to give Randy his flowers too because not just the one, Randy Orton was killing it all Randy year. Randy Orton needs killing a, it. a bouquet, uh, an edible arrangement. I may crochet something. I, I don't know. Um, he deserves all the florals. A yeah, garden for Randy Orton, please, um, in his name. The Orton Garden. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, we should fund that. He's the best sports entertainer in the business right now. He Everything that you need to be a great sports entertainer is in Randy Orton at 10 out of 10. That I mean, guy. What yeah. hasn't he done this year? Like, he literally, he's RKO'd in the, in the calendar year. He's Well, in the, in the last, you know, yeah, the calendar year. He's RKO'd two women. Um, he's beat up tons of old people. Uh, he's worn night vision goggles to do so to, to further the Asco thing. Um, <laughs> he, he, he tore both of Edge's triceps off like breast fillets. Oh, and beat them. Um, he has literally burned a man alive in the ring. Uh, he's kicked everybody in the head that has a head. Like I, I you I, mentioned he, all that and still haven't even gotten to him winning the WWE title for the 14th time. Like, yeah. it's and, crazy. And in process, making Drew McIntyre's reign tolerable by mm-hmm. ending. Um, it was a brilliant, brilliant. I just, all the flowers, orchids, um, orchids for Orton. I'm going to open a store on Shopify <laughs> on Etsy, and it will be called Orton's, uh, Orchids for Orton because, um, you know, then he, said, he also said BLM this year. So, I, you know, just truly a renaissance for the person that is Randy Orton. For, uh, for Randall Keith Orton, yes. Amen. Yeah, to say that Black Lives Matter and then to just kick a bunch of white folk in the head. I, 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 <laughs> thanks. You know, like, mazel tov to that. Uh, what a brilliant, brilliant bit of booking there. Um, So I guess we can take away over to to the men and not even that um in doing so i'll segue over into um just the nostalgia dilemma uh that we you know we've discussed privately and and in, in a other settings earlier today just uh where we rely so heavily on nostalgia in a way that it doesn't allow us to build new stars that transcend in a way that we wouldn't need those stars anymore now and, and in speaking of that Orton is a bridge in that conversation because part of his gimmick and one of his iterations is the legend and killer and it involves you know stars of the past but it involves mm-hmm. them in a way that inherently promotes him as the current as right. the current iteration of that, professional that puts him over exactly it's always a way to and there's always a comeuppance in it but he leaves it more dastardly every time, you know. Right, like, and, and the comeuppance is is given by another current wrestler. Like he got his comeuppance from Drew McIntyre. Like it, it just yeah. everything surrounding Gordon makes sense. The nostalgia thing is just. Oh, whew, I'm I'm tired. I'm really, really, really tired. I have not liked Goldberg since the day he stepped into wrestling. I've never been a Goldberg fan. And that hate has only grown exponentially since they keep bringing him back every year 
to huff and puff and get blown up halfway down the aisle and just make everyone who is still going to be here all year when he goes back home look like shit. Yeah. And yet you wonder why the current crop isn't taken seriously because a 50-year-old man who can't even properly execute a shoulder tackle into the turnbuckle. How do you how do you knock yourself out and concuss yourself on the same exact spot every freaking time? I do not understand. But someone like that who can't even protect himself from himself is just making all these guys look like utter trash. And they they had something crazy with the fiend like that transcended wrestling i will forever remember where i was walking i dressed as the fiend for halloween of 2019 and i'm walking through the subway to go home i live in new york city for those who don't know and there's this group of girls who couldn't be group of black girls who couldn't be more than 17 18 walking past and one of them said oh my god he's the fiend and I was so surprised that she knew who I was. Yeah. He transcended. That was a character that people could clock into. And months into that, you had Goldberg beat him in two minutes for the title. And not, and what's even crazier is even with that, like from my understanding, and I, this could just be, you know, more wrestling folklore, dirt sheets, whatever you guys want to call it, smarts. But, um, you know, from my understanding, um, Goldberg wanted The Fiend. Um, he didn't want Bray. And Bray is your, Bray was your out. Bray could lose, and it just continues to further the divide between, you know, Bray as a wrestler and then The Fiend as an entity. And we couldn't even do that. Like, we literally could not even do that we we it's 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 one and i don't and i don't know why um i don't know why you you give that much leverage or lenience to somebody that i mean and he came in and he was he was an anomaly in his day because we were in that bridge of storytelling larger than life characters breaking the fourth wall and then heading towards another era afterwards that was, you know, unparalleled athleticism. So we were, we hadn't yet got into the space of, you know, back then, even though we enjoyed wrestling, you could count on your hands to some degree, like, or you could, you could easily notate, like, and divide the roster between ring generals and personalities. And, you know, dare I say, the personalities normally won out. Like, the personalities were larger than life, you know, that was the top of the card for the most part. And don't get me wrong, some of the personalities, some of the top of the card, they also could go on the ring. But in terms of, like, who was your 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 number one, your face of the company, a lot of times back then it was just personality and, you know, a, a handful of moves, and that was that. So it was still, we were still in the middle of those eras and the dawning of, you know, New Japan taking off overseas, Lucha Libre being incorporated, um, and, you know, a lot of your... Um, outside uh collegiate wrestlers coming into wrestling we started kind of getting just more athletes in general and so the 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 prowess of the business the showmanship um and the things that are overdone today were just kind of really being born and inserted into the american market and so you could get away with a guy like goldberg you could get away with the guy um that played football that we you know we knew because of that he was tough 
Um, and 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 the mystique of it was you could hide what he couldn't do because the matches lasted a couple of minutes at most. And and that's what we got. And so the thing got puffed up way more than it should have. And um, and we're now still dealing with the remnants of that. And it's funny because everybody else besides uh, you're real American. Um, <laughs> besides that one, uh, everybody else kind of from that era, for the most part, is, is sitting at home. You know, like we're kind of done with everybody from around that era um, that needed to go. The, the, the majority of them are, you know, are, are retired, Hall of Fame, and we see them maybe here and there. Um, he's the last vestige of that class um, that's active in the ring. And um, it is abysmal. It, it, is, uh, it, it wouldn't be so bad if they wouldn't use him every time to completely destroy their world champions. Um, when he's in... Why, why does he have to have the title? If you're going to use him as nostalgia, why does he need to be the champion? Why do you have to feed your top guys, the guy who you want to be so over that he brings in eyes to your company because that's who your champion is supposed to be? Why are you feeding those people to him? One thing they did smart with him, he was in like the second, third match on SummerSlam against Dolph Ziggler. As much as I love Dolph Ziggler, as great as Dolph Ziggler is, he is damaged goods. Nobody takes Dolph Ziggler seriously. Y'all have beaten him into the ground. He is scorched earth, right? Mm-hmm. F- sure, feed him to Goldberg. That's fine. Why are you bringing him in and and killing Kevin Owens and his momentum for this man who's going to be here for three weeks and go back home while Kevin Owens is here trying to, to get back the, the shit that Goldberg took home with him? You know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me but but and however and this isn't specific to Goldberg what I'm about to say it's just in general I there is a there's a conflict within me um there is there's something that has to be said they just got they just announced this peacock deal right mm-hmm. uh, worth a billion dollars they are getting $200 million from Peacock a year now, $205 million a year from Fox, and $265 million a year from USA. That is $670 million in revenue. Okay, and that is independent from, like, direct consumer involvement, mm-hmm. which used to be, like, the standard of how to make money in wrestling, like um, house show ticket sales, pay-per-view sales, merch and all that. Independent from all of that, they are they are in three different billion-dollar deals. So how the hell can I sit here on my ass and tell Vince McMahon that he don't know what he's doing when he has three active billion-dollar deals right now so that's the conflict that that's the conflict and as much as i hate when they bring goldberg in and we as much as we hate this nostalgia shit and say oh my god why are you doing this what about the current product what is it is it just us is it really as bad as we think it is or are we just 
we're, are we just not the demographic anymore? Because well, uh, look no, at all this no, money. Actually, uh, what's even funnier is I, the last time that I did demo research on that, and I'll do it again between now and the next time we uh, record, uh, just to make sure that I have my facts aligned. The last time I did the demo, we are still the demo. Um, and what's even crazier about the demo is how uh, the demo is comprised primarily of people of color, um, black people and um, Latinx. And our age group is still very much a part of the culture of you know, and viewership uh, audience of professional wrestling. So, no, we're very much still the demographic, but that's never been the concern. None of these things have been the concern. And to your point, because you're in those deals, some of which do require and, and do mandate that we have, you know, certain stars appear and uh, this, that and the other. You also probably have some leeway to do some of what you want in other spaces, if that makes any sense. Like, you, I get some of that capital is 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 depend like you know the, the Saudi deal. Um, you know, they, all they want to see on the roster is people that are dead. Um, they want exhumed bodies for whatever the case may be. They, they want people that have not wrestled in twenty plus years. Um, I understand. I, I, that deal to me is, is fraught with issues to begin with. Should have never happened. It happened. It is what it is. But so I understand whenever they go to appear at, you know, in Saudi and Saudi Arabia, that they've got to comply to that. We don't even watch that over here. So that's fine. Do what you need to do. Accurate. Over I don't watch Saudi shows. <laughs> Most people I know that our fans do not watch the Saudi show just because it's mired in so much mess. And we know that it's inconsequential and canon and not even really a part of the flow of what's going to happen on the programming. Unless right. it's unless you're taking a title off somebody that deserves it and putting it on a Bill Goldberg. Um, beyond that, it, it really doesn't really, uh, it's not of much note. So outside of that deal, and I understand that one, um, the other ones, as far as I know, don't really necessitate anything that specific. I could be completely wrong, completely off base with that. But as far as I know, it's for the content and the product. Cause some of those deals are like the deal with Fox, the deal with, you know, X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And I know that they will request to have certain stars on certain shows. They prefer this star over here before that star. Over there. Like I'm almost certain that once she, once Becky Lynch returns, especially with Seth's move over to, over to SmackDown, that's probably where she'll land. They probably have said, Hey, we want, we want the man. Da, 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 da. Like I understand that probably is some of the negotiations that they're up. But with that, with that being said, it's so much money involved. And we know that payroll isn't an issue for them. It's a, it's a very small percentage of their overall uh, expenditures. I don't see why you just can't take more risk. And, and, and like you have, you have all the bank you need. Make some stars. Like put everything you need to put behind anyone stepping up. But let's like let's 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 strap the rocket to the people that we know that are that are making lemons out of lemonade. I.e., you know your um, your Billy Kays. I.e., um, your your Mustafa's Ali's. <laughs> um, you know people that are, we know that are just taking the ball and running with it. Like people that that have shown that they are willing to do these things. Put the strap a rocket on Cesaro. Like let's let's do some things that just to shake this thing up. And it's crazy because now that like it's, it's so funny. Every year the crop that winds up on SmackDown, right? It's always less people because it's a less it's less coverage for the show. 
And it's always whoever, you know, Vince didn't want that year, whoever, you know, Dunn didn't want that year, they, you know, they, they send them over to SmackDown. And under those, outside of the, the, the spotlight of the, of the main roster, uh, but and now on the top performing show of, of their suite, the people like, like Kevin Owens right now, like we just talked about how he got neutered in his title run and, and, for, and, for, and for not, just so we could set up for Goldberg and, uh, and Lesnar. Kevin Owens, brilliant right now. I mean, like it's it, like the the skill set didn't go anywhere. The spotlight may have moved, but the minute you put it back on this man, he's a main eventer. Um, the minute you give Sami Zayn the ball to be a wrestling version of his real life self, a star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Billy Kay wasn't supposed to be the part of the Iconics that flourished, right? Look at what look at what she's doing right now. Heyman just uh, I can't I can't I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I can't say enough about the man. It, that man does so much with so little. Uh, all praise to, to Paul Heyman. Yes, Amen, Amen. Um, and I'm just saying, like it's a condensed roster. You have a Reigns in limited programs. You have Reigns kind of in old school programs right now. Where like you stick with an opponent for like you know three months out of the year, at, at the at the minimum, you know what I'm saying? Like they got him in an old school program, um, and really having limited contact with the rest of the roster, which I think is by design. But you know, you, but it, but it's working. They took a real life circumstance, found a way to make that thing work. Adam Pierce is just he's on, and I forget that he's on both programs as the GM. I'm not sure when that actually happened because I know him more for SmackDown. But either way, on SmackDown, he is just the best authority figure. He's like a William Regal, which I think is probably right. where they got that from. And he's just a, he's a non-biased, non-partisan, but they don't take no shit. And it's just it's ref, it's just so refreshing, and it's just crazy with this limited crop of people. We're able to strip back all the mess and give a spotlight to people that have been waiting to get the ball. They get the ball and they take off. And like the, the matches Cesaro's had the last two weeks, the one with Daniel Bryan, the one he had with Dolph Ziggler, like Cesaro, like immediately it's just on. They gave him the ball. He, he activates immediately. Shinsuke week in the gauntlet a couple of weeks ago. Dear God, I, I am <laughs> I am not going to allow them to get me hype for Cesaro anymore just to next month be doing absolutely nothing with him. I, 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 I'm, 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 I am, I am, I am protecting myself. And your sanity, <laughs> and your peace. But dare I say, I trust SmackDown more with him as a property than I would on Raw. He is, he, he's, I don't know. And I think they're kind of teasing a split with him and him and Shin. I don't know. Yeah, Even the yeah, dogs. For sure. Even the Dirty Dogs feels like a different tag team. Who? Exactly. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Is that their name? I like it. I like Dirty Dogs. and, they're, and they're, I, they, I, I didn't know that was their name. When, when did that become their name? They, they've been saying it for a while, and now the announced team is starting to actually kind of refer to them as the Dirty Dogs, and I like it because they've got the shirts – with the like circle emblem on it, and in the middle of it, it's kind of like a caricature of them as like canines, and it, it I like it. I it's it's rough, it's tumbled, the leather jackets. It, to me, to me, flesh it all the way out. Keep pushing it. 
You know um, why I said that? It's just I don't pay attention to, like I said, he was scor- he scorched. I don't pay attention to Dolphin Will because they give me no reason to to really care or pay attention to Dolph Ziggler. And they haven't I, for a I long totally time. Agree. I'm sorry. They, they neutered him numerous times. That's why him being a dirty dog isn't even funny. But I will say this. Like, the way they dismantled the Profits, that is old-school tag team wrestling. That's what they used to do. They'd soften you up the week before, and the next week they take your head clean off. And that's what they came in there and did. They operated like a well-oiled machine, and they've got a tandem move. They're matching tights. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, down to, it's the basics of a tag team. Like, we need to look like a tag team, talk like a tag team, Act like a tag team, and that's what and that's what I'm getting from the Dirty Dogs, and, I, and them having a name kind of cements it for me. All they need now is a manager, and I and I'd be like it would. And that's the, the point that I'm making is they've even found a way to refresh two of the most complacent wrestlers on the roster, two wrestlers that just can coast because they got their contracts, they can do what they want outside of wrestling. They know that they're proficient in the ring, and, and can't nobody can't nobody touch them when they whenever they want to be in that area. And so, I, I get it. I'm just protecting my peace. I'm, pre- no. <laughs> I'm protecting my peace. I am not getting excited about this Cesaro push that's going to end very soon. I just, I, I, nope, I don't trust y'all. No. We no, have been I, down I, this you, road. You ain't gotta, you, there's no need to convince me of of anything involving that. Like, or, how long know, has I'm Shinsuke Nakamura been there? That is one of the very most talented people in wrestling, whether it's in the ring, whether it's personality, charisma, energy, presence, whatever. And y'all have done both Jack and shit with him. I, I just... Uh, yeah. But, I'm, but what the point that I'm making, and, and what's scary is we, we have a draft next October. They'll shake this thing up again, and they'll ruin it all over again. But I mean, but just look at the spotlight that Bianca's getting. Bianca's having, at this point now... A decent call up. If we can omit the raw segment of her call up, she's having a decent, a decent move to Maine. Big E, he's a new finisher, but he's the Intercontinental Champion. Apollo Cruz is getting more of a push than he's had in a long time. Billy Kay flourishing for no reason. Carmella, like I said, she's given real housewife of New Jersey. Um, I love Carmella. Mm-hmm. Her and her sommelier are, are having a run for it, and I don't know what kind of certain day Soleil carrying on that was, but it was amazing. Um, Against Cesaro, we're consistently seeing Chad Gable, not where we should be seeing, but we're still seeing him, and he's still getting some airtime. Daniel Bryan is, is is an enhancement talent for for the moment, but they're kind of building like he might win the Rumble, especially yeah. with all these recent losses. Um, the Mysterio family is there. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still sick of the Mysterio family. I am so sick of the Mysterio family. I don't know when this happened, but I'm just like, I, I'm so sick of it and I, I don't know why. I I fast forwarded right through him and Corbin because I also, I just they ruined Corbin for me a long time ago. I can't sit through any Corbin shit it either. It feels like, uh, like uh, I just can't. Of Telemundo? Like it feels like I a just, person's idea of Telemundo. And, and, and I can't. Corbin was, and I liked that they had given Corbin, um, the night, you know, the 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 nights of the lone wolf, but then we haven't seen him in two weeks. So it's like, I don't know what happened with that, but I just I is didn't. Is King mind. Corbin done? No, he's still a king. 
Oh, he's still King Corbin? Okay. I don't know. I don't pay attention. Though. Like, that's the only part of SmackDown I did not sit through. Otherwise, SmackDown is amazing. I love every, every other bit of it. It's a... It's an easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl show to get through. Like, I feel like it's all of 45 minutes. It's, 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 I, I love SmackDown. So I, you know, but I, I'm, I'm so sick of the Mysterio family. I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Them, I don't know what's going on. I'm glad we don't see any more of Laura Sullivan. Goodbye. Um, I love the Riot Squad. Um, totally in love with them. I would love, I don't know where Murphy's been, but I'm sure we'll see him in the Rumble. Um, and then, uh, somebody that we touched on earlier that I just, I have a, I would love, a, I have a concept for, you know, I'm, I'm constantly fantasy booking. Um, and it's weird because they're kind of doing a little bit of what I was thinking of with Natalia and Tamina, cause they would kind of both fit in that pocket. Um, but Mickey James being, being MIA. And I really do feel like we could do a throwback women's stable and uh and 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 they just run rough shot over three brands. I would love that. Um we've got enough ladies there to make it happen. Um, ladies that transcend uh the current era that were there for the Divas era and some that were there before. Uh and then with Mickey being I, I, there's so much history available in a Mickey James. I just do not and Mickey James is my age. She's like 38, 39. Um mm-hmm. Still, and getting, still and getting finer every year. I don't know when that started, but dear God, mm-hmm. dear God, Nickel and James. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Jamaica James. Um, but yeah, I mean, fine for the finest frog hair can still go on the ring. I don't understand how you don't continue the first, continue the breaking of the barriers, continue what you were allegedly doing with the, the, the evolution there and knock down that, the, that last door of ageism. Because women had a short shelf life in wrestling. So I don't know how you don't do that. And then I don't know how you don't look at a woman that's held the the original women, well, you know, the 90s women's title, the Divas title. And I don't understand how you don't, how she doesn't grab one of these current titles, whether it be the tag title, something, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't understand how we don't go there to complete that. The only one, you know, that they love the first. They love these arbitrary um, statistics. I don't understand how we don't jump out there and go, you know, the only woman to hold this title and this title and this title, title in every era. I don't understand how that's not a thing. And I, I think there's a story there. And you've got her, you've got Natalia, you've got Samina, you've got Melina, whenever she shows back up, you've got Beth. You've got a crop of solid, you know, uh, tenured women. That could really just be, it could be about like, hey, y'all y'all talk about everything. Y'all talk about all the stats of the current women in the current era. You talk about Charlotte and all her um, her 12 title reigns. Um, you talk about her 12 title reigns. You talk about, you know, the, the Grand Slam this and this, this, that, and the other. And Sasha and then Sasha having, you know, won all the belts last year. And Oscar reigning 12. Oscar, uh, I'm, not, I'm not counting that tag belt as a, anyways. Um, Oscar having the NXT belt for a thousand years, whatever the case may be, you talk about all these things, and you skip past. You know when you when you when you do go back, you only really highlight Lita and Trish. And I could see a really big issue with that, a really big objection from that crowd of women saying. We are and have always been Matt Generals 
And we, you know, we're, we're, some of us are second generation. We held this thing together when nothing was holding it together. And we never get the credit. Mickey James is a six time women's champion. And you rarely ever hear it mentioned. They tried her out on the Legends Raw. <laughs> and she's an active, do they, do they know she's an active wrestler right now? Like, there's such a, an, an egregious grievance there that could turn into a very beautiful, bitter storyline. And they literally just show up on every show that has women on it and just beat the dog shit out of them. <laughs> just, just dog walk them. And, and I mean, I think that really would turn some things, especially like, they, they could go to NXT and it's just like, you know, since that's the new grooming ground and be like, you know, we hearing stuff down here. And we, well, we can let y'all know real quick. I mean, beat everybody up. You know, this I, I think that, that that could give some meat and some substance, and I think that that will be a good run up to lead to the four horsewomen because the MMA version is never happening. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. But, um, yeah, but that ties back into that again, nostalgia and uh, and and some of the better ways I think it could be employed and deployed, and I, and and the, and the way that you know SmackDown is is threading that needle brilliantly. NXT, no point in even discussing NXT. Just amazing. Even when they have their filler shows and you know it's a filler show, they're still tying together things that just even the way like they mentioned um other day I'm watching NXT you're talking about uh, Santos Escobar and they mentioned Jordan Devlin. Cause they know we haven't forgot. Just those like it's just like those little things in terms of like continuity. Like the accidental continuity that they did with the the Rhea and uh, Raquel program of them being road friends and pulling in their Instagram photos from the past and showing. Well, like, yeah, they like, had to acknowledge that. There's too much online. Yeah, but even the way that they that. did it, you know, even the way that they were able to kind of thread that needle, the way that they made Gargano um, losing the North American Championship on his first defense every time, like a curse thing, you know, so like someone noticing, oh damn. You know, he uh, he's lost this. Every time well, that's what happened when you have competent, consistent writing. You can fall into great things that you didn't really mean to do, but it's like, oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. We got this over here. Solid, yeah, when you do <laughs> solid and sound things, it, it produces other solid and sound things, even if on accident right. on the periphery. We didn't mean to do that, but let's make it a thing. Let's go with it. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I said this to you before, I guarantee after this Gargano, um, Leon Ruff thing is done, they're going to follow up on Leon Ruff. They're not going to just forget about him. And now he's just going to be sitting on the sidelines waiting. They're still doing something. They're following up. They're, they're taking advantage of him pretty much getting over with that joke title win. And it's like... It's just how, like I said earlier, how is Raw and SmackDown produced by the same people? How is NXT a part of the same company? I mean, I get it. It's run by totally different people. But how you can have such coherent writing? Like I always said, WWE needs a continuity editor that is protected by the board, that can't be fired by Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon just because... They told him something was dumb or didn't make any sense. That's what they desperately need. A continuity editor that is safe from... (laughs) Prosecution. Yes, from prosecution from Vince McMahon. 
I, I mean, my God. And it is what it is. I, I, it is I will say a nice nugget tonight was the, the thing that Drew McIntyre brought up when he mentioned that every time Goldberg has come back, he's won a, he's won the title. And he's still going to. He's under, I have no doubt in my mind that Goldberg is winning that title Sunday. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that Goldberg is winning the championship Sunday. Because at to this point, you would be a fool to be surprised if he does. To then chase who at WrestleMania? I don't know. I, honestly, I don't care. It's just, it's like, I don't know and I don't care. Like, well, but, really and truthfully, if that's the case, then the person that he should come that should come back and, and, and snatch it off of him is then the fiend. Let me get my shit back from you because I owe you one. Because that's, I mean, and with that being said as well, Randy Orton is a marked man in this Royal Rumble. He's pissed off a few too many people that are going to be <laughs> Edge is going to be there. You're going to have um, The Fiend is probably, hopefully, finally going to come back. Um, and I'm sure it's a few people he, who he's beat up in the process um, that will be making their way back. And, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a problem. And speaking of, I know we wanted to discuss some of our favorite emotional moments. And um, speaking of Edge... I still get chills every time they, they that Romo that Rumble promo plays when he came back in 2020. Man, that was a moment. That was it a was, moment. It was indeed. I, it I, was indeed goosebumps to this. Like when they, even even when it replays, goosebumps. I think that and Becky Lynch are definitely from last year two of the bigger moments. And if I had to Becky pull, Lynch, what when she announced her pregnancy? Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> I was I not emotional. I actually I'm I'm lying. I was very emotional. I was I was giddy with excitement that she was leaving and that I would not have to sit through Becky Lynch for a long periodically time. <laughs> I would, that was you you are correct. That was wow. an emotional moment for me. This yeah. thing always goes off the rail as we're wrapping up. It always just, goes off the rail. I will say another moment that I can remember um that stuck out for me that had me shook at the time. Um two things when Jake the Snake uh had Macho Man <laughs> in them ropes and he had the snake bite macho man <laughs> I think that that was a significant emotional event for me um, and then probably beyond that I would say um, it was something involving I think um, Yokozuna and Taker at that Royal Rumble when they when they put him in the casket and the green smoke came out and they had um, mm-hmm. Marty Jannetty was in that come up out of the uh, yes. <laughs> out of the uh, screen um, that was some scary shit right there. That's some scary shit. Um, <laughs> well, my God. That was a significant moment for me. I'm trying to think of some other, like, emotional well, moments. So when I, th- when I was thinking about, like, my favorite or best emotional moments, the one thing I did take out is, like, deaths. Because, though, obviously, oh, and those aren't purposeful and those aren't, you know, that's not something they created. I'm talking about moments that they created that with a build and the story was so well that the payoff was just like emotional because if we do death then yes owen eddie all of that like the during the eddie you know 10 bell salute when they cut to the crowd of that kid and his mother's he had to be like seven eight years old leaning into his mother his mother wrapped up and like she you could tell she was crying because he was inconsolable that tore me apart that kid 
what like woo if y'all don't remember that go I back and see that, that. Um, like oh my do gosh you remember, do you remember uh china holding up triple h uh after owen passed yep yep man yep. that was hard man so was, yeah so those kind of moments you know that that's not something they they created so i'm putting that aside my favorite favorite emotional moment is WrestleMania 7, Macho Man and Elizabeth reuniting when my girl came down and beat up my other girl because I'm a Sherry stan. She is my favorite female of all time. Sensational Queen Sherry, long live the queen, right? Um, Charlotte's probably going to overtake that soon enough, though. Um, and, j- like, that whole Savage Liz storyline, that was, like, that, what was that, 91? And she came in, what, 86, I want to say? Uh, or into 85? And it's just like, that is six, five or six years of story culminating at a huge event. That shit just don't happen anymore. And in such a organic way to where it's like, you... you it's almost hard to say, well, you can't say it because they literally did it. Like, it's you almost want to say you can't you can't create moments like that, but obviously you can because that's exactly what it was, a creation. It was a story. And like when they finally embraced in the ring and he had this full-on face turn in the middle of the ring with it, woo, my little six-year-old ass was balling. <laughs> you hear me? Oh, okay. so, let me give you one then. I'll, I'll give you this one. Um, and this is a little bit more recent. because I'll, yeah, I'll have to dig deep because um, it's a lot of moments from when I was a kid for sure. Um, uh, but most of most of the mine were that was significant involved the betrayal. Like when Sapphire betrayed Dusty and stuff like that. Like it was like, oh no. Um, but one of the um, more recent ones, that, like a time that, and I think this is significant because I was an adult. I mean, this was like 2016. I was a full adult. Maybe it was early 17, but you'll be able to tell me a year in a second. But it was Shinsuke's NXT takeover mm-hmm. when uh, when you had the, the black dude on the violin. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And, yes, yes. and, and I'm going to tell you what it was for me. Because we were like in the height of like, you know, like all the different brutality events going on with police in real life. We were going through a whole bunch of stuff like as black people around that time. And significant enough for me i had my you know my dad had just passed and stuff so i was already like a ball of emotion i was like fantasia on the end of the stage like fighting the air um at all times and so um watching nxt you know wrestling was definitely a refuge around that time and watching shinsuke who in my opinion doesn't have the language barrier that the wwe plays up but that's a different discussion but watching this man who's not connecting with the crowd via, you know, speaking the the general language of that crowd, that audience. Um, but it's connecting with them through the art of what we know as professional wrestling in regards to like knowing his character, knowing its impact on people, knowing his showmanship and presentation. And then NXT's always done a great job with knowing when to make, like, to do a live presentation of the music. And then you had this black man out here chopping this violin uh, to pieces. I mean, like, just, just wearing this violin out. And Shin 
you know, emerges from behind him, you know, in his full regalia and the lights and everything. And he just owns that crowd. I mean, he had that stadium in the palm of his hand from the time he emerged from, from gorilla to the time he was on, you know, hinged on the, on his, on his shins on the, you know, bent back on his knees, doing his pose up until that point, you know, like he just is so in tune with his art and what it is that it is to be a professional wrestler and a showman and a presenter and all those things amalgamating at one time, man, I just bawled. I, it was just so, it was, it reminded me what I loved about this genre of entertainment. And in that moment, I was just like, this is brilliant. This is literally, like they gave him the time to do what needed to be done in the beginning. And it was just, it was seamless. It was brilliant. It was beautiful. Um, that is a time for me that was something that was so significant. And it just involved so many important things, you know, two people of color. Like it, it just was, it was just brilliant. It was really, really well done. And it was just a moment that I was like, this is huge. Like this is what wrestling is. This is, this is how, you know how transfiguring it can be, and I, I, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, that that's a that's a really good one. Um, I'll I'll give you, uh, one good one from a live perspective. Um, Shawn Michaels is my all time favorite wrestler. Um, SummerSlam two thousand two. I was in attendance. I was there live to see my favorite of all time uh, return to the ring. At that time, I didn't know if it was going to be the only return. I didn't know what. I just knew I had to be there. So I was there. And there's a moment, like, there's a moment in the match towards the end where Sean, like, they're both down, and then Sean, like, gets this, adrenaline rush and he pops up on one knee and he starts shaking and like and and feeling it and you can tell like in the moment he's like yeah I still got it I can still do this and that's exactly what I was feeling like in my like heart and mind was like good god this is why I love this man this man has been gone for five years and he has come back and one night put everybody on notice <laughs> get your shit together i'm back um and just completely stole the show and killed it and going back and watching it you know at at home on tv and to hear jerry lawler call exactly that like that's exactly what the call was he was like yeah he He's feeling that he still got it. He, and it's just that moment for me, I'm not gonna lie, I had a whole tear in my eye. You know, 17 years old, I don't give a damn. Um, I I was in heaven. I was like, yes, that is my guy. He still got it. He's still the best doing it. <clears throat> yep. That was I think that I, was, I, had, was I had that moment a time or two with uh Daniel Bryan. Uh, after his, after he was able, when he was cleared, man, I, I uh, just, especially all that he went through in between um, the injury, losing his dad, you know, building up to him getting cleared, and then you know, it was like I was so invested in that, I was just like, is he, is he okay? Like every time he hit, every time he hit his head, <laughs> right. I was like, you know, like it was like watching his child, just you know, take his first steps, and um, I mean, that was a that was a beautiful, beautiful comeback, man. That was a 
you know, just still and still one of the he's he's going to be go down as one of the one of the greats as well. And that was a, that was a good um, but yeah, tons of. It's, I think that's what keeps us coming back. I think that's the thing that that um, you know, the stories that they didn't plan for, uh, the comebacks that they didn't plan for, uh, the moments that the crowd you know redirects the product into a better space. Those are the things that gave us Kofi Mania and gave us the Yes mm-hmm. Movement. Gave us Kofi Mania for sure. You know, uh, you, you know, let DX be as popping as it was. You know, things of that nature. It's all those Listen. different things that wheeled us into different spaces, and um, and created the thing that that we love. So wrestling is so special. When um, when it's bad, it it, it can be it it can be bowling shoe ugly. If I can steal the phrase, when it's bad, it can be uh, it can be bad. But when wrestling is great. I dare you to try to show me something better. When wrestling is great, they ain't shit better. And those are these are the moments that make me say that. There's there's you're not gonna get you're not gonna find a movie or TV show that's going to have me feeling like Macho and Liz in the middle of that ring reuniting. After all the shit that they've been through, <laughs> after all the shit that I watched them go through, that was a toxic relationship for sure. Baby, <laughs> there when wrestling is good, there is nothing better, in my opinion. Period. You won't get arguing out of me. Well then, and I think on that note, we can wrap it up. All right. Well, so I am. Uh, I'm reverse rail. And I am Rob E. I'm curiously today because I had a couple questions about life, but we'll move on to that for next time. You can find me on Twitter at Robert's Rules, and you can find Reverse Real on Twitter at Reverse Real. Yeah, Reverse underscore Real. Yeah, and I'm Robert's underscore Rules. And this is the Cash Shit Podcast. Mm-hmm.